Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another episode here on GEMS Podcast. I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is our special guest, Peggy Bodie. And here's a bit about Peggy. Peggy is a former senior vice president who resigned from corporate in 2014 to start a freelance writing business. Her clients include various marketing firms and educational publishers. She is also the founder of Sacred Work, a ministry that provides free career and leadership coaching for women. Peggy is represented by Wendy Lawton at Books and Such Literary Management, who is working to bring Peggy's book to market. The working title is Sacred Work, Equipping Christian Women to Lead with Strength. The book was birthed from Peggy's 25 years as a corporate leader and the mentoring she continues to do with her ministry. And without further ado, please welcome Peggy Bodie, where we will be talking about all things leadership and learning more of what she's doing on the forefront as well as behind the scenes. Hi, Genesis. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here today. My pleasure, Peggy. So let's jump into leadership. Why is leadership so important to you? Leadership is something I'm super passionate about because it is something I've done most of my life. And I have seen how life-changing it can be to invest in other people and help them develop. And to me, that's the core of leadership. It's being genuine and coming alongside others and helping them grow. So I've done it for a huge chunk of my life, almost half. And I believe in it and I believe in um, how it can change the world for good and how it can change people's lives for good. And you came from a male dominated industry. So with you being a woman who is a minority in a male dominated field, how was it for you to effectively lead without having the negative stigmas that some of the men like to say as aggressive or um the B word or whatever words they throw out there, because it can be very hard. And I'm speaking from experience because I had those labels that were attached to me. It's like they give you a seat at the table and they want you to be seen, but they really don't want you to talk that much. So have you experienced that? Oh, you nailed it on the head. <laughs> um, I can tell you come from a, a background where you understand what it means to um, be a female working in a male-dominated industry, leading in a male-dominated industry. Um, so I worked in the outdoor industry most of my career. And I think that unless a woman has worked in a male-dominated environment, it's difficult for her to understand where we are coming from. Um, there are a lot of unique challenges. As you said, um, you tend to get gender stereotyped um, a lot more frequently than in a work environment where gender is balanced. Um, I think you're at much higher risk for imposter syndrome. It's more challenging to get promoted. It can be more challenging to get raises. Um, Family-friendly work policies, I think, are typically scarcer, harder to come by. Um, 
I think, you know, speaking from my own experience, um, I went through several phases where I was trying to figure out exactly how to navigate this, you know, the workplace as a minority. And one of the things that I was tempted to do was to give up my feminine attributes, you know, um, to, to be more, um, the, the softer side of me and the parts of me that were unique because I'm a woman, I felt like I needed to sacrifice those so that I could fit in and um, be more respected. And that was a mistake. And that's something I, I mentor women against today. Um, the other thing that can happen is that policies that protect women against harassment usually look great on paper or can look great on paper in those environments, but in practice, they can be completely different. So that can be challenging as well. And I'm glad that you brought up that point because a lot of women who do work in a male-dominated industry who are trying to climb that corporate ladder, they have to be mindful of some of the clothing they wear. They have to be mindful of some of the things they say because you see all the guys going out to the golf tournaments or they're going to the bars and et cetera, and you feel excluded because you're not one of the guys or the quote unquote click, or I like to say the, the good old boys club. And right. then sometimes they'll say sly remarks, which aren't really PC politically correct. And then you're like, what do I do? I could either take it or I could complain and, you know, have the fear of maybe my ranking suffering, depending on what industry you're in. Like I came from oil and gas and I worked for a fortune 500 company and we did force ranking. And so whenever you talk up too much, it's like, they're not going to want to give you the next opportunity or your job placement is determined on your supervisor. And then you've had some of the women who, like me, when I started off in oil and gas, I started at the bottom, not just once, but twice in my career. Um, the first time I was an imaging clerk and I worked my way up to HSC. Um, so that's health, safety and environmental manager. Then the second time I started over again as an administrative assistant with this Fortune 500 company. And when I left there, I was doing trade regulations and compliance coordination, but one um, supervisor was like, oh, if you would have wore that dress during your review, and I'm like, hmm, that does not seem accurate, and I feel like we as women have to learn how to stand together, especially when we are minorities in male-dominated fields, but sometimes it's so catty, so how do you really encourage a woman to remain steadfast? do not compromise her morals and her values in order to get ahead because then she'll also be labeled as something else that is not so pretty by the other women that are in her environment. You described the situation so well. First off, first of all, I know about that the industry that you came from. So kudos to you for getting as far as you did. And um, that that's super impressive. And one of the things I do to... Um, to come alongside women and encourage them to stick to their values and um, not sacrifice anything on their way to the top is I do what you just did. And I share a story that tells them I'm, you know, that I, I relate, that I understand. I'm not just someone trying to um, tell them what to do. I, like you, I was the receptionist when I started um, my career ended up as the VP and that was tough. And so I, I like to let them know that I know how difficult it is but I encourage women to become a pioneer in the workplace. You know, first of all, you have to make the decision 
it, are you willing to stay in this industry? Are you willing to fight for the promotions, the raises? Are you willing to deal with um, the difficult remarks, going to HR, all of the tension that you just described? I think first, a woman has to be committed. And if she is, then I think we have a unique opportunity to advocate for other women in the workplace. We can become mentors for younger women coming into the company. Um, I found, for example, that we may be the minority in our company, but there are likely industry organizations for women leaders that we can join. Um, those organizations offer support, community, practical resources. So that's, that's another thing that women can do. Um, and if the company lacks policies um, that are focused on equity and inclusion, then we may have to um, be the ones that lobby for those. You know, maybe like maybe you have a boss or there's a leadership team who is open to change. You know, it's not their particular pain point because of their gender, because they're men and they're not willing to do the work, but maybe they'll support your ideas. Um, the other thing that is very beneficial is to have conversations with male peers um, on issues like gender equity and inclusion. Um, we can't change what we don't talk about. So I think we have to, you know, taking that step to engage men in conversations about issues that affect us is, is huge. Absolutely. I definitely think you need to find an ally. So a man that is open to receive the conversation and the conversation, be mindful, it may be a difficult conversation, but think of it as a courageous conversation, because if you don't stand up and go before, then you are discounting and discrediting yourself as well as other women who are going to come behind you to be trailblazers. Another thing that you could also do is whenever you have that conversation with that male try to see it from their perspective but also let them in on your perspective especially if you know that they're married you could talk about how how would you feel if this was happening to your wife or if they have a daughter and put it in that perspective so it hits home for them and they think about like oh I never thought about it that way because whenever you have a personal touch point it resonates more with that male and they're eager to want to jump on your side. You could also look at ERGs, employee resource groups. And then if you don't have anything at your company, don't be afraid to start one, especially if there's a group of women who are interested in participating. Find out what the KPIs are, the key performance indicators. Find a sponsor. Um, and that sponsor could be an ally, the guy that you build a rapport with. Once you have a sponsor, then determine how frequent do you want to meet? And then what is the game plan for that employee resource group? Are you just going to be there to talk about these situations? Or are you going to have different trainings and seminars that you could offer company-wide to really engage in those conversations? And Peggy, you mentioned going from a receptionist all the way up to a VP. What were some of your success tactics and were they tied with your core relationship with your spiritual and religious foundation? First of all, I have to tell you that you are amazing. All of the um, ideas that you just proposed for women are practical, they are doable, and I hope that women are taking notes everywhere and that they will march forward and make some changes in their workplace. Um, as far as my journey, um, 
I am a Christian. So everything that I do is built on that foundation. And I believe that, um, you know, I was actually on my way to law school when I started working <laughs> at the company that I ended up staying with for, for 20 plus years. Um, I was just going to be the receptionist for the summer and start law school in the fall and fell in love with business. And my boss, who was my first business entrepreneur, said, you know, hey, you're a single mom, law school, big city. It's probably going to be super hard. And looking back, that was totally a God, a God thing because he was he was absolutely right. That would have been horrible for me and my daughter. So, um, you know, I think anchoring into my faith steadied me um, for sure. Uh, the second, I, I, I'd say the second important thing is I didn't take things personally. Earlier, you mentioned that women can be catty um, and, and that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> so the company I came into, um, I asked a lot of questions. Why do we do things this way? You know, and I'm the receptionist and I'm, I'm going into the boss's office and saying, you know, this doesn't make any sense. We could make more money if we did this. We could save money if we did this. And, you know, other women, there were a lot of women that worked there, not a lot of women in leadership. Um, other women didn't appreciate that. And, and they were catty and, and they were not advocates. And it was a difficult environment. And that didn't make me bitter. It made me de determined not just to um, keep my eyes on um, bettering the company and, um, you know, making progress in my own career, but it also made me determined to not be that way for other women. So that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to mentor any other woman who comes into this company or that I meet in the industry that needs a mentor, I am going to be there for that person. So um, I think hanging on to that core value and my faith, those are the two things that helped me move through different positions in the company. Um, ending with the, the vice president's position when I left. And I, one thing I want to um, highlight there is the fact that you asked questions. You weren't afraid to go into your supervisor's office to really ask those questions because asking those questions is showing that you are thinking outside of the box and you're asking so you can learn, but also so you can innovate, innovate your current situation where you are, because if you know why they do something that way and you have a better idea to promote efficiencies as well as reduce costs and really implement those savings, then that is going to be a one up. And then for those other women, I like how you how you had an open door policy if they were interested in learning more you took them under their wings and one thing that really stood out is you're like i'm not going to be bitter so when you said that it made me think about what one of my girlfriends said it's like you could either be bitter or you could do better so you chose to do better and in the better you were resilient you had that grit you had that tenacity and you were so eager and hungry. And that's a part of leadership. You have to take charge of your career and effectively lead in your own area, whether you're leading in corporate, you're leading in your home, or you're leading outside of your total environment, because that is what's going to stand out. That is what's going to put you on a pedestal to really get noticed. And another thing that we could try in leadership is those stretch opportunities or those step out opportunities, which means 
that you are doing something extracurricular on top of getting your base job done because it shows that you're able to juggle and you're able to make sure that you are managing both areas. So can we talk about that a little bit, um, Peggy? Did you have any step out activities or stretch assignments? Oh my goodness, I did. And I had those opportunities during a time period when the word stretch didn't even exist. <laughs> it's kind of like imposter syndrome. It's been around for a long time, but it didn't have a name. So the company that I started working for was started out very small and grew super fast, almost like a startup. And because of that, it didn't matter what your title was, you could do pretty much anything. So um, my boss who owned the company had me learn every position in the company while I was still the receptionist. So I was learning purchasing, I was learning marketing, I was learning manufacturing. Um, so all of those were quote unquote stretch opportunities, but he also let me do fun things like go to trade shows. Um, I helped design marketing material, things that were, you know, not really what I would call in my wheelhouse, but um, so there were a lot of those. And then my biggest, I guess, stretch opportunity came when, um, the French company that had part ownership in the U S company bought out, um, the company and said, we're starting a new, um, distribution facility somewhere out West. We were located in Georgia. They said, we're moving to Utah or Colorado. We're not sure which one, um, and whoever wants to come can. So my boss, the same one that counseled me against, law school encouraged me to go because he said, you're, you know, I'm not that big. You're never going to have this opportunity again. You need to take it. So my big stretch opportunity was moving um, all the employees and into a new location that turned out to be Salt Lake City, Utah, and finding the building, hiring new people, getting it set up for distribution. Um, so I've had a lot of experiences like that before the company got so large that it became more, um, I guess, traditional, you know, more hierarchical and had departments and I kind of settled into my niche and that type of thing. Um, but yeah, I love those stretch opportunities because it's a chance to shine, but you have to be hungry. I mean, I've, I've had women who have told me, you know, well, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I just want to do my eight to five and, and I, you know, and that's fine. It's not for everybody, but um, our choices lead to additional opportunities or they can lead to closed doors. And I think that's just a reality of business that we have to accept. So I would just encourage any women that have the opportunity to take those um, extracurricular projects, um, do it because it can make a huge difference in the rest of your career. Yes. And I like to tell people, um, see it as your personal career explosion. I like to say my TNT, transition and transformation, because awesome. in order to have that full transformation, you need to be willing to transition, whether you're transitioning laterally and just moving into a different position where you're learning about a new, gr new group or a new business function, that transformation 
transitioning period is going to enable you to really go through a transformation because you're going to have personal growth, you're going to have professional growth, and more people are going to get to know who you are. And you start to make a name for yourself. Because if nobody knows you, they're not going to tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, Peggy, or hey, Genesis, we have this great opportunity for you. So as Peggy says, you have to be hungry. And sometimes we have to get out of our own head. And our own head can very much counteract with that IS, that imposter syndrome, because we're so busy thinking about what are people going to think? What are people going to say? Well, who cares? It's not their place to judge you. Are they paying your bills? Are they making sure that you have a roof over your head and your children are provided for? No. So lip service is just lip service. But what you want is going to be your driving force. So if you know that you wanna leave a legacy, if you know you wanna shake the atmosphere and make a better atmosphere for other women who are gonna come beside and behind you, then stand your ground and own your own leader leadership. You don't have to be a quote unquote leader with the company. You could be a leader right in your own role because you can be the only woman doing something that is outside of the box. And that is what's going to set you up for success. So Peggy, what are some tips that we can offer some of the ladies who are inspiring to go into leadership or maybe change careers so they could really have those opportunities? I think the number one thing that a woman can do to help her if she's interested in becoming a leader specifically um, points to many of the conversations that you and I just had. I think it's essential that she find another woman who can mentor her. Um, it could be inside the industry, inside the company, or outside the company. It doesn't matter. But I think it's really critical to have someone who has experience that can um, help a young woman know or a new leader understand how to position herself, understand what qualifications she needs, help her take an honest look at strengths and weaknesses. Where does she need to bolster up? Um, what does she already have that's a transferable quality into a leadership position? Um, I just think that trying to do that alone doesn't work. So finding a mentor, um, I think is the number one thing that a woman who wants to go into leadership can do. Yeah. And I would definitely say sponsors because some industries have sponsors and they have advocates and mentors. And those mentors could be formal or informal where um, you either find your own or the company pairs you up with a mentor. An advocate can be someone who advocates for you whenever you're not in um, certain spaces. And a sponsor could be a manager that you didn't even know about, but they've been tracking your progression within the company and they get you slotted up for those positions that may have not been posted on the internal job board, but they already know who you are and they know your work ethic. And they may ne never tell you that they're your sponsor. So you always have to be on your P's and Q's and dot all your I's and cross your T's because when you think somebody's not looking, they are looking. So that just, is true. 
And another thing that we ladies have to be so mindful of is the way that we carry ourselves and the way we dress, because that could be a depiction if they take you serious. So if you're wearing something that is really low cut, that shows all your assets, or if you're wearing something really short, they may not take you seriously. They may see you as a pretty lady or, you know, you're that token lady that could work those trade shows because they know all the guys are going to come by and drool. But then they may not necessarily give you those positions because you're already having a persona to you. I don't know if that resonates with you, Peggy, or if you want to elaborate there. No, I, I, I'm laughing while you're talking because in the outdoor industry, everything is super casual and I am, I am not super casual. So for the majority of my career, I always wore what people would call a business costume. So while they were wearing their Birkenstocks and plaid shirts and, you know, coming to work in shorts, I was wearing, you know, a dress and, or a jacket and, you know, slacks and heels and, and, you know, that's just how, um, it was my business costume and I loved it. And for me, it was part of getting into the role and also, um, setting myself apart and saying, you know, uh, I'm not here to talk about how I went camping last weekend or the latest climb that I did that was super hard. I'm here to talk about what we can do to grow the company and how I dressed and presented myself was important to me. And I think it emphasized my goal and my purpose for being in the company. So I echo what you said and encourage women to follow that sound advice. Yes. And it's a part of setting up boundaries because you're not setting up boundaries just for yourself, but you're setting it up for other people who are in your environment and having boundaries is a sign of respect. And it lets people know what type of lines they can cross. And if you're not sure on how to really establish those boundaries, I would encourage you to go out and pick up the book Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud. And hold on. And Dr. <laughs> Dr. John Townsend, I wanted to make sure I didn't butcher it. And it is so, so helpful because sometimes we as women, we don't really know how to establish those boundaries without blurring the lines. And if you do set up those boundaries, make sure it's clear and do not bend or twist your policies to accommodate someone else. Because if you do it for that one person, then other people are going to try to slide through the cracks. And then before you you know it. The communication lines are going to be blurred. People aren't going to take your boundaries seriously. And then you may be left wondering, okay, where's my respect? But have you commanded the respect that you deserve? And Peggy, as we um, get ready to wind down, is there any quote that you would like to leave the listeners or viewers with? You know, as we were talking, I think that, um, and I know you kind of do, um, gems for women to take away uh, with them after. And I think the first gem I would offer is don't underestimate the power of community. You know, we talked about mentors, advocates, sponsors. I know networking can sometimes get a bad rap, but it's really all about relationships and connections and helping one another. So don't underestimate the power of community. And I'd say my second little gem is don't underestimate what you bring to the table. Whether you're negotiating for a raise, shooting for a promotion, switching careers, women are a lot more qualified than they give themselves credit for. So my, my um, parting words would be don't underestimate what you bring to the table. Let it shine. I love that. Shine bright like a diamond. And yeah. <laughs> 
Peggy, how can our listeners and viewers connect with you on social media and plug your website? All right. I would love if they would connect with me on LinkedIn because my um, passion is helping women in their careers and in leadership. Um, I have a group called Sacred Work on LinkedIn, so I'd love it if they would connect with me there. My website is PeggyBody.com. I have a lot of free resources for women there, and they can also contact me for free mentoring or career help with um, leadership. And there you have it, listeners and viewers of GEMS podcast. You just heard Peggy Bodie. And for those of you interested in finding her on LinkedIn, her name is spelled as follows. P-E-G-G-Y, last name B-O-D-D-E. Peggy Bodie, and she does all things leadership, really tap in with her and find your own zone of genius when it comes to leadership. You are an asset, not a liability. So you need to get out of your own way and pave the path. Stop looking too far to the left or too far to the right because your future is out in front of you and your past does not determine your level of elevation. So do not ever think that your past is going to hinder you from reaching that successful climb. You have to start by taking one step at a time in order to reach the mountaintop. So I hope that inspires you. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms and you can follow us on YouTube with Gems with Genesis Amars Kemp for all video content. And if you're interested in supporting the podcast, all of that information will be in the show notes along with Peggy's. Thank you for listening to another segment of Gems Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S Kemp K-E-M-P at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.